Human beings have neither the oral nor the psychological capacity to withstand the awesome power of God's true voice. Theology unplugged. Hermeneutics. Herman who? The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Theology unplugged. I mean, uh, if God is omniscient, if he knows everything, and he wouldn't be God if he didn't, then he must have known, even before the creation of the world, the names of those who will be saved. Theology unplugged. Only let my errors be proven by scripture. Theology unplugged. Would you guys agree that Christianity is defined so much and it's how we act, but we do have some definite theological markers. Theology unplugged. Theology unplugged. Yeah. All right, apologetics method. We're talking about something important here. That's right. Have we started? As Welcome recall. back. Yes, we're so <laughs> that mm. was that was the cue. That's your cue. Apologetics method. <laughs> Dump that. <clears throat> Presuppositional. Yeah, that's what we were, we're, we're talking yeah, we're about. Gonna, we're going to we're going to we left off um we're starting a new series on apologetics methods and um We started. We started, that's right. And uh we're going to finish up a little bit more on presuppositionalism. We 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 have a Do few we need more to things explain to explain it further. Or do we need a review? Yeah, I think I mean, we need to explain it and then explain the basis for this approach and maybe even give some examples of presuppositional arguments that are used and then maybe discuss the strengths and weaknesses of that approach. Okay. Well, uh, briefly, once again, presuppositionalism is a uh, methodology within Christianity. I don't know if I've ever seen it in, outside of Christianity, but I, I suppose it could exist uh, in some sense. But Maybe with some Platonists. It, it, is, it is specifically for a Christian worldview, and it, it, it basically makes the argument that you have to presuppose a Christian worldview in order for... Uh, you to make any arguments at all one way or the other and so by arguing uh, against God say if uh, somebody was arguing against God the presuppositionalists would say hold on you're presupposing that God exists by making an argument because you are uh, supposing a uniformity in uh, the world that cannot exist in your world if you uh, if your worldview is correct I suppose the presuppositionalist would say the best you can do is be a complete skeptic. You don't know whether or not the law and cause and effect is really a law, because tomorrow it may not be. I mean, there's just there's no uniformity demanded in your world. Uh, only in my worldview, uh, the Christian worldview, can you account for the uniformity in nature or and order logic. of any kind. Yeah, any sort of order. And, and so that that is what we're talking about here with presuppositionalism. We're, we're starting with the presupposition that God exists in order to uh, make any arguments at all. The basic, I, I guess I wouldn't say the strength yet, because maybe it's strength, maybe it's not, but the basic thing about presuppositionalism is that they would say, only in presuppositionalism do you come to complete certainty. Can you walk away uh, with a fully assured faith? Eh? I, and and what is its view also, since we didn't really hit on this last time about the mind of people? Because we did say last time that one thing that the uh, that this view, the presuppositional reform view, takes is that piling up evidences as though in a courtroom to say to people, 
look at exhibit A, look at exhibit B, look at this. This is why you should believe that doing that is not the right approach on its own because you're you're assuming some things that you shouldn't, which is that it um, that God is is a 50-50 proposition that we're just that we're just trying to tip the scales one way or the other. That the person is in a place to reason correctly enough to make these judgments. So the reform yeah, person says, "You're putting says, them on the bench, your mind, and God on the yeah, dock." The <laughs> Thank you, Clive. Very nice. Very welcome. They, I think, they would say that the mind of the person that's the unbeliever, being an unregenerate mind, being an unsubmitted mind, is corrupted, is fallen. We're back to Romans one and two. And therefore, even with good arguments, and even with the presentation of evidences that you might give them, unless they are granted, you know, the grace to see it and perceive it and believe it, regeneration, renewed mind, then they can even look at that. And of course, they they have grounds to look at. For example, even even in the Gospels, I mean, even Jesus says, you know what, I could show these people a thousand more things, and it won't change their minds, because sometimes people just can't Jesus be persuaded did, that way. Jesus showed them things miracles and they accused him of being even if one should rise from the dead that's well, right I, uh, then i've never thought of it this way do most presuppositionalists think of a presuppositionalist approach to defending the faith is something that can have an effect i mean is uh, we, we say hey wait a minute nothing can have an effect upon you until you are have been regenerated does does this approach even have an effect? Why? I think that's a question you, we could almost save, and because I think you're getting at what we might. What well, we're going to talk about at the, the end. The, um, one of the weaknesses. One of the weaknesses. I think you're almost about to. You're almost about to hit it. So right, save that thought. That's up, a good. Hold, hold off the dogs, man. You stole my thunder, though. Gotcha. By Cracky, I wanted to ask by that. By Cracky. Well, uh, what are some examples? Um, I mean, we kind of briefly mentioned, um, you know, certain things that we can argue, but let's let's maybe give some. Uh, uh, prime examples of a presuppositional approach, like, um, you know, say for example, you encounter an atheist, and they say, what? "I'll play the atheist, and you do your best uh, Southern California Greg Bonson accent." Oh, I have I'm no way of doing that. So, so the but so the atheist, you know, is talking with you and says, "I don't know what has to be an atheist, but let's just go all out here," and he says, "Well, I personally, for me, it's logic and reason." that really are the guidelines for what I believe and you need to be able to be logical and reasonable because I'm all about logic and reason so what do you say to that? Well where do logic and reason from what are they derived? What's the source of logic and reason? How do you account for uh, that within your world view? What's the source of them? And and another question you know that, that I have heard Bonson talk about is, is whenever people say well you know I don't believe anything unless it is proven by logical reason or I do not well, then do believe, you believe in anything that is not uh, some type uh, empirically, empirically derived. Well, then, uh, exactly. And so that's that's a huge, <laughs> that, that right there is just, uh, that's a softball. That's called logical <laughs> that positivism. Point, it is called logical <laughs> positivism. And we have beaten and kicked that dead horse. Yeah. I don't know how many times <laughs> on the apologetics unplug. But it's only because the dead horse walks all over yeah. today um it just isn't it, it and again it they, they may not dead. stay well, again they may not right now, say, say say yeah, well, how they're presupposing it that's the point right it's not that the dead horse they embrace it and say i'm a logical positive is card carrying but what they say entails that it right yeah. it is presupposing and it. so as i think as 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 carrie said your first question logic where do you get the idea that that should even be a thing 
How does that work? Why should I obey its deliverance? Can you, can How you does you demonstrate? it make any demands on my thinking? And I'll, I'll ask, you know, okay, I'll tell you what then, logic and reason. Well, well, could you give me the physical properties of the law of non-contradiction? D- is it dry it when you touch it? Yeah. it, it you know, right. what sound does it make when it's singing in the shower? I mean, you know, and just kind of hit at well, it let's do this let Here's them know. How, so the atheist says, okay, well, I'm tired of talking about that. But what about hard science? I mean, nature shows us, after all, we've tested it, we've experimented, we've had years of successful scientific endeavors that have solved a lot of our problems. Mm-hmm. So what about that, huh? Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, well, what faculties are you using when engaging in the scientific process? Yeah, yeah. What, are you, what, what, what um, tools do you use? You use your mind, you use logic, you use reason, you use numbers. They don't have Numbers, any material existence either. Either so. Not to mention, nature seems to be uniform. Seems to be have patterns you, I can manipulate. That, that you can observe. And, and to go back to you know what Bonson might say, and he did say this many times during the debates. He'd say, I suppose that there's there's a situation here where you have many people that have come into the audience who uh, deny that air exists, but yet at the same time, while they're denying that air exists, continue to breathe the air. Mm-hmm that they say does not exist in order to sustain life and to be able to make the movements, whatever movements they make, uh, whatever arguments they make. And so the entire time that they are denying air exists, they are having to breathe in the air in order to make such a denial. And so uh, that, that, again, is a classic illustration of what presuppositionalism is all about. Now, presuppositionalism also has this other side because... Uh, you know, at least as we'll get to it later and talk about it, I can hang with it quite a bit up until here. But it also has this idea that we presuppose as the ultimate presupposition that the Bible is God's word. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a whole different side to it that almost takes on this, this, okay, explain that now. Maybe I've hung with you for now. How is that not circular but, reasoning yeah, at that yeah. point? Well, can I give one more atheist argument? Yes. That, that I, or say one more thing and i'd like the, to give one more rebuttal i know i know you're waiting to do it but i because i think this is another great example so now and people will hear this one a lot which is why it's important so now the atheist says okay enough of that nonsense how about this boys and girls you know god i mean after all has inflicted so much pain and suffering in this world and i'll tell you it's just wrong i say i mean mm-hmm. how could he sit idly by wars natural disasters illnesses death and pain and suffering i i mean if this is the god you believe in who's into that sort of thing and lets that happen why he's some kind of tyrant he's evil he's bad he's a monster you say i say well as a presupposition without you know the risk of uh again we talked about this in in the break um the risk of introducing red herrings um because you don't want it to seem like you're being evasive but i mean there's so many presuppositions in what you just said you're presupposing suffering and pain are bad um you're presupposing evil you exist you're presupposing there's if there is something that's wrong there's something that's right you're presupposing oughtness justice and fairness but and at the end of the day it's oughtness and, and yeah, what ought obligation to be. of a moral kind that a person should act a certain way and you have to ask some kind from, of unwritten law. Again, from where do those principles derive? What, where do these things come from? And yeah. and then that's when you get into the. That's when their presuppositions they start to examine it and say, well, it comes from we, 
have evolved to where these things are good and we've right. evolved to where we have community and we evolve because this is beneficial and another thing they're taking for granted and, and they're still an using presuppositions well, what do you mean community only, what do you mean beneficial way, what do you mean all of what do you where the, the only option that is left in the end from a presuppositional standpoint for you if you're not a, a believer if you do not believe in God is not an atheist worldview because an atheist worldview presupposes certain things but for you to live in concert with the chaos if you could put it that way I mean you 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 have to be a pure human type skeptic you you cannot you cannot believe that the law of causality is going to be in effect tomorrow right you know you, you you just have to yeah. live within that chaos and embrace it if, if there's even such a thing as embracing something like and that. You end up assuming all those presuppositions. You end up presupposing them because you can't not do it and you can't help yourself. But you end up having to say, if you're consistent like that, you end up having to say, yeah, well, I just do it because I don't have a choice and we all do it. It's brute fact. It's, um, mm. it's something we can't not do anyway. And it has instrumental value to how we live but I and, well, and ideally if they were truly consistent they wouldn't say anything yeah they would just sit there <laughs> well the ultimate skeptic be. has to just be quiet <laughs> and just shut up because, but no one is consistent right. because, and again that gets down to all of these claims and all of these assertions do not comport with how we are and okay. how we have been now um <clears throat> i don't know if we've did justice or done done justice if rather we done did some justice done, done did some justice to the you know a particular presuppositional argument which i think is very strong you know the laws of logic reason the existence of immaterial principles and ultimately eternal principles because that's what you're going for you're saying because god exists therefore we are logical and yeah. logic excels. might even throw meaning in life everyone meaning assumes that there's because there's meaning to life and it does seem to say that you know um, you know, when I commented on my friends, our mutual friends video, it, this is sort of the thing that you see with them. It's there's there's no forms, only particulars. And that's what they live in. They live in a world of particulars as though they're the forms. Because the moment they actually look to the forms, I mean, at the end of the day, we know, even though Plato didn't, but we know where the forms reside. And that's within God. And that's, I think that's one of the <clears throat> the cornerstones of the presuppositional argument is that because god exists therefore a are you B, giving a strength now for it? Strength. That that's a strength, strength. Yeah. and i think and i think it's pretty airtight now is there anyone that doesn't use this stuff anyway i mean i i i, I don't sometimes? know sometimes yeah, yeah well i mean I even evidentialists and classical apologists use like the moral argument yeah. that's a transcendental argument it, is. it pretty much that's what it's pushing for and that applies to all these other just between us do you two find yourselves i've seen enough for the what the way carrie goes after people on facebook I'm just go kidding. after <laughs> I'm just kidding. i um, how no, i grac no, no, no. graciously engage I, yeah. people I've, i know you use it and, and and i find that i can't help myself yeah anymore this this presupp the presuppositional thing it's not that it's all i do i don't say oh i'll do nothing else but it's the first thing i do it you know is. what I mean? Well, it's always and that's the first the difference. thing I do. That's the difference in a pure presuppositionalist. If, a pro if you're really a presuppositionalist, it is not just all you do. You are locked into this. It's the first thing you do. It is yeah. It is the thing you do. It is the goal. There. There isn't, okay, well, we've we've covered this little circle of apologetics. Now let's move on to the next, you know, bag of tricks I have. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing. Right. Because you move on to something else, and your presuppositions now are showing something wrong. 
-hmm. you're showing now that you can move on to something else. Okay, so, I mean, if you're saying, what is the strengths and weaknesses? Uh, uh, for me, I'd say that's a weakness because you do, you're stuck within this camp if you're a pure presuppositional. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't think it entails die that, hard. Yeah. But there are those who certainly have those. carried the torch. And so the reason why Van, Cornelius Van Til's books don't include several chapters after he talks about his view on evidences is, is in principle. Yeah. Not that there are no evidences, but as a matter of principle, you know, a guy he like him is to going to say, to them. I'm not going to then uh, act as if that's the thing to yeah, convince you. Yeah, because I'm even giving in to what I've already... Uh, you know, showed to be the case. You can't peel the evidence. So that would people. be, let's say, so a weakness. Now, if we want to start addressing the weaknesses of presuppositionalism, for those people who are uh, committed to only that approach, there is a weakness to where to being committed only to that well, approach. Well, that, well, that though, but the, to to not employ the the arsenal not mm -hmm. to say that we're combative right. but to employ the the massive arsenal the lord has given us freely mm -hmm. of evidence to employ all of the, the you know that he's a god of history that we can point to and look to to see where he's sovereignly mm -hmm. um you know we're working consistently with, throughout humanity and the history of humanity to where in creation to where we can come to know uh, you know him and, and worship him as a creator and to see how those things functions and to not use that when uh, speaking to other people you're saying that, that don't believe if in you it, stubbornly so. say I'm only doing oh, the presuppositional argument I'm, I'm not even going to try even though I know there are some good I, there's a lot of good material on all these other problems that they may yeah. bring to me I'm not even going to do it because I'm just going to go with that you may give them the false impression that you don't have anything yeah. to answer those because you will just keep coming back. To, and they they may wrongly think, oh, I see what you're doing. You just keep coming back to this presuppositional business. Because that's all you got. frankly, you can't address my questions about, you know, history or archaeology right. or all these Science. other finer points. And that's why I wanted to say, like, you want to avoid the red herring. I mean, right. you really are saying, well, hold on, let's establish first. Like, when you talk about evidence, let's first establish what that even means, what evidence means. Mm -hmm. But, but, um, but I would yeah, also I say think, a weakness, to me at least, has to do with the idea that in order to have faith or biblical faith that it has to be 100 percent certain you know mm -hmm. you can't the, the whole the whole idea that you can't have any doubts that faith and doubt cannot reside now we're now person. we're definitely in michael's wheelhouse yeah. yeah this is one of his this is one of his uh, <laughs> subjects this is right? a hobby horse that's right no it's true that that is one of the things we talked about in that first one that that seems to be an emphasis that from the outset you've got to you you can't waver almost like it's too much of a sign of weakness to say to the unbeliever. But I want to be well, fair could be wrong. to the presuppositionalist yeah. in terms of are they really speaking about certainainty as in the same maybe way? Maybe not I mean, intellectual certainty, but a No, no, they'll talk about it. They'll talk about it. Here, here's what they'll say is that uh, and, and this is one of the points that they bring up against evidentialism is that certainty cannot only be found in principles of mathematics or analytics but also in principles of our faith and, and that, so it's a direct and comparison. certain things are even properly but it's basic, not a certainty because right? in the Within, same way it's not a certainly well, it's a not certainty from evidence in the sense that you can't be wrong i mean as a presuppositionalist mm -hmm. you cannot be wrong well then i'm See a diehard presuppositionalist on that i cannot i, I know right. yeah i know that god exists so i mean there's but then to say that, though, if there's those times that you doubt him or doubt Christ and you doubt uh, whether or not all of this is true, does, you know, that that means your certainty's wavering, you know, well, I mean, and that's that's part are. of being Here's fallen a human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
We even if that was true that you, you in order to have right faith you have to have completely certain faith. Um, we are still fallen, you know. Yeah. And being redeemed doesn't make us able to uh, in- embrace everything completely the way that we will one day. Yeah. If we had perfect it. faith, we wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and so I mean, that not kind to of allow implodes on itself. It really does disturb the faith of many to come at somebody and say, "Hey." You know, if you're going to have true Christian faith, it's got to be without doubt. It got to, it's got to be without almost the idea without question. Because the moment you start to question it, you ought to, you ought to know that it is true. But see, know? again, I want to be because fair because I don't think like John to, Frame or John, yeah. Greg Bonson would would suggest that you're not to critically examine. Nobody your says faith, you're you know? not to critically examine. And to ask questions that, about that it to better understand to have it. True faith. It means to have certain faith that you can't have an excuse. Okay, but is it is it? Oh, I just want to be sure we're representing that. that. But is it not, though, more of a certainty as that's part of, isn't it exhorting your will more than your feelings? In other words, isn't it more what they're saying? You don't give any ground as a matter of your will. Don't say, don't suggest, don't give off the impression that I'm only 80% sure this is even true. Like I could be wrong. Don't start from that. Start as a matter of your will and a matter of your own statement of personal commitment and faith. Say 100% in terms of that's what I'm striving for and that's what I believe, even if my feelings aren't always there mm-hmm. I'm I don't I don't want to put words in any of their mouths but because they're just not feelings oriented anyway mm-hmm. most reformed well, people do not it, emphasize it, well, it's gonna be the more of the intellectual so much, as opposed know? to the existential component but but uh, another weakness that we talked about during the break um, it, it, it going back to what we started with the, this the episode with the, the noetic effects of sin yeah. which just means so how noetic is, is mind? mind it's right. Greek for whatever yeah noose it is noose noetic so um, the effects of sin on the mind and uh, which, you know, impedes its ability to reason properly. Now, this is, um, you know, the critique that they'll use against evidentialist and classical, you know, mm-hmm. apologetic, uh, classical apologist. Well, could it also not be used against the presuppositional camp? Michael. Um What's the question? I like how you just threw that to him like this is a Laughlin group. I'm, I'm <laughs> deep in thought over here. <laughs> Pop you cannon! <laughs> I was like, but, well. That was fast. Look. Um, Did you understand what I was saying? No, but, I was thinking about but, something else. Well, can, I, can I also throw tag it with this too? Not to, no, that anything, explains but, why you'll cut me off then because you're not listening and you just start I'm talking just over me. I'm contemplating so. on what I'm going to say and presupposing okay. that you're going to be wrong, whatever you're saying. Okay. He's such a presuppositional yeah, that way. Exactly, on those Don't things. be presupposing on me. So what, well, what would but, you say? Well, but look, it's also the reason, though, we said, I, I don't know if this is a fair critique, so we're talking about weaknesses. This may not be fair, but some people, evidentialists and maybe some classical people, would say, well, you know, Reformed apologetics or the presuppositional approach, if, you don't, if you're not careful, can just reduce to fideism. Mm-hmm. They will say it can just become that. Only oh, be, yeah. In the sense that you're just telling people, look, your mind's too warped to believe any arguments I have anyway, so that's a waste of time. So look, just believe, okay? Yeah. yeah. Just submit and believe. You know it's true anyway, so just admit it. And so, once you do, then then truth will make more sense to you. Then you will see it better. So would you say then that? Fit, I don't know if that's fair though. Well, yeah, but that that well, that's what I was going to say. Like with a presuppositionalist, does it not also does that not apply to them when they're using their presuppositional mm-hmm. arguments? I agree. With if what they you're believe saying, yeah. that the noetic effects of of a sin on the mind are so yeah. great, then why are they even right. engaging no, in any right. argumentation you're right. at all? Logically, so that's a even it's, it doesn't work. 
You're right. I, if a, a person can reach the For point, those presuppositionalists who believe sure. that, not let's, all of let's them Let's take do. a person, let's just pay, take a person who would say that, because we don't know who wouldn't, who wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Let's take a person who says, your mind is so completely, it's so completely wrecked by its fallenness and everything that, I mean, you can't even reason anyway. It, reason, reason is worthless. It's not, it's a, it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get you anywhere. Now, of course, for that person, I'm going to have a problem, only because the well, conversation I'm having with them, and the fact that I just interpreted everything they just told how me, am I supposed to com- yeah, process relied on a little said. bit of reason, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it can't be completely wrecked and dead. Nor do I, th- nor do I think that the Bible gives me that indication. The Bible seems seems to assume, even when it's talking to non-believers, when sermons are preached to crowds of non-believers, it seems to assume. Now these people have enough reason to follow what I'm saying. Absolutely. Their will may be twisted enough that they say, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, and then well they and, can understand. And then with Paul, extent. you know, another thing that, that often you'll find with presuppositionalists is say that we don't really need to find common ground with the you know, with the non believer or the yeah, unbeliever. Don't meet them halfway. But but then you have to say, Well, what happened in Acts seventeen? Oh, there's been so much presuppositional ink. Yeah, but that's what I would ask them. What do you say about that? Not only did Paul use common ground, mm-hmm. he quoted right. the, the pagan poet. Literally, pagan poetry and philosophy is in Scripture because Paul was quoting it. Now, what what's the ink that was spilled on that, Michael? Well, I don't think it's so much that whether or not Paul used common ground or evidences or anything like that, because, again, it's all going to come back to the presuppositional is saying you can have evidences. Paul people showed you how that doesn't work. No, we're we're not talking about those people. We're talking about the ones, the, the weakness of presupposition, that, that particular segment uh, you want me to of go to weakness but i think that, what that, michael's saying if i'm right sure. on this you're, what you're saying about the the difference of opinion on act 17 is so we tend you grow up in church you just assume that paul's a good ex, a, an exemplar of what you ought to do he's a good missionary sure. he's doing the right thing he's contextualizing he knows enough to go into the toga wearing uh, areopagus and say to those philosophical boys hey boys and he can meet them on their ground and quote their guy but some people will say who are i guess over over far enough entrenched in a presuppositional approach I've heard them even say uh, that that's a wrong interpretation of Paul there Paul should not have done that that was not a good example and we can see by the fact that well look that didn't do him one bit of good he got away from what he should have been doing he didn't preach the cross he didn't so just run to the cross they're saying that that's just a descriptive well that's that's a I have heard that, that could be a fair argument it's a descriptive not saying go and sure. do likewise sure. but but I mean I think <laughs> I, I, I think though that that Luke is accounting uh, Paul's acting you know what nothing I'm saying nothing explicitly I mean, actually nothing says he saying, did anything wrong obviously. yeah there's nothing you saying can you believe what well, Paul did one of the strengths he, of he got thrown out of synagogues too was that a <laughs> mistake exactly let's talk about the strength I think we did. Well, we did? Well, yeah. well I know one me. of the things that I, I hasn't been brought up about the strength is I think that that it's real important for people to realize that whenever we're talking about, say, evidentialism, again, we're bringing up evidentialism compared to presuppositionalism all the time. Because those are the, but evidentialism, the opposite, polar opposites, yeah, typically. Yeah. Yeah. And, but in evidentialism, sometimes you, you may approach it, and you, maybe somebody's coming up and saying, man, this presuppositional thing is fearful, and it's just almost overwhelming me right now. The evidential thing is easier. It's not really. The evidential thing, from the standpoint of whenever we talk about evidentialism, is building from the ground up. And you've got lots of 
lot harder. And lots and lots of data. Yeah. You've got to go you through to figure encyclopedic out. You can be knowledge. wrong about about every uh, lots every different point of the data. There's only certain degrees of only degrees of certainty that you can have on these things. When if you're talking about presuppositionalism, this is something I can start with you at any time. We don't need a textbook in front of you. You don't need an encyclopedia in front of you. I can appeal to the way that you already think because you are you are created in the image of God. And you're already right. thinking this way. Yeah. Humanity. That's and so right. it's a huge huge advantage from that standpoint. I agree. And I think that's that, a big strength. Yeah. I like I like I, I like that part of it. The philosopher in me really likes the habit that the presuppositional approach trains in people so that you don't have to be a genius and have read a thousand books and know everything which is what scares people frankly from ever engaging other people they're like uh, I'm not an expert I'm not gonna be able to answer but this is less about a body of knowledge you've memorized and more about how you training the mind as a habit to see the presuppositions people bring and to bring them out and show people look what you're assuming here and in that respect that's a critical. It's a. It's it's good critical, critical thinking. thinking. Yeah. And everybody can do it, like you said. And it, and, and, I, and, I really and then once you, if it. you establish that and you're apologetic, it also carries over into everything. Start seeing that everywhere. It, it's just sort of. I really do you think that's, that's the Christian yeah, worldview. Yeah. That's the lens that you're looking right. through. You know. I like thinking presuppositionally across the board. People yeah. are watching entertainment, movies, reading a news story. It's good if you can always. There's what is this guy presupposing? Always about a worldview at play, isn't there? Always there. Always you just gotta see it. You got to see what's going on. Christians are terrible at doing that a lot too. All right. Uh, well, that's that, and then I guess we'll pick up on uh, evidentialism. Yeah, is that where we're going to yeah. go in the next? Yeah, that's where the evidence. Points. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Theology Unplugged, let me tell you about some of the other resources we have available. Visit us online at credohouse.org. And browse over 2,000 articles on everything from the Crusades to gay marriage. Sign up for email updates and get the latest news, event announcements, and special deals before anyone else. Connect with us on social media. Just search Credo House on Twitter and Facebook. And you can always email us at theologyunplugged at credohouse.org. We want you to be part of the Credo community. Please partner with us in making theology accessible and pushing back the intellectual attack on Christianity. Thank you.